Hey, buddy, I uh, got you a new case to work on. It should be super easy. There's this huge stack of documents. Everything is well documented. I even have highlights and little, like, flaggies. Look at that. Oh, wow. Okay. Ooh, this should be is... a slam dunk for you, bud. This is kind of heavy. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, slam dunk, really? Yeah. That's all. It's all there. Like All of it. Yeah, this is really just kind of open shut. You, ever, uh, you got anybody else to look at that, to verify that? Or is that just your... Uh, legal opinion or something uh i mean it's literally like almost a thousand pages of doc documentation i mean yeah there's a lot of pages or but does that does that really mean anything I as mean, far as like I, I, evidence actually or is it just you know guess the not same stuff all, all the are, time are you busy i don't see you doing anything else i see your I, laptop's actually I, closed um, um and it's only 9 a.m well yeah i you know, I got I've got things to do that you know, I I could be catching a lot of criminals if I wasn't doing this this it's a lot of stuff to look at, you know. It's just a lot. I I don't think yeah, I don't think I have the time or the manpower to to really dig into this one. It's just uh you could give it to someone else. I just really don't want to do it. I guess I could give it to the intern. All right, that's it. They'll probably figure it out. Yeah. I'm feeling it. Let's do it. Moose crossings, red hot dogs, missing persons in salty bogs. Up to camp with Stephen King. River curses, Wesley sings. Homegrown horror. Hello. Welcome to a Grand Theft episode of Homegrown Horror. True crime, cryptids, and hauntings. Murders sometimes. Murders sometimes. And today, we've got a big old con going on. We're grifting all up in this place. Jackson's favorite. I am B-B-B, a co-host. And I'm Jackson, a co-host. Welcome to Homegrown Horror. Welcome. We just got uh, back from the... Art in the Park. Art in the Park over here in South Portland and Mill Creek. Go ahead, check it out. It happens every I think it once happens, in a while. Yeah, I think it happens every once in a while. Like, if you're, if you are, like, kind of... Uh, up and up on the sort of stuff that happens here. They've they've really done a lot in 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 the way of community, mm-hmm. not outreach, but you know get togetherness. But there was yeah. you know so many artists. They delicious. I had some really delicious tacos from Meat on the Street. Jackson got there late and did not get food. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we. I got some pretty snake art prints to go with my pretty snake rug. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm so it's a it's a punch. it's basically a snake room. It's gonna be at this it's point. basically a snake. This room. is the Slytherin common room. It is. <laughs> you know, if you're still into Harry Potter, I am a Slytherin. Uh, yeah, I took that Pottermore quiz uh, way way back. Yeah, I'm a Slytherin too. I always wanted to be a Ravenclaw, but I tried to manipulate the test. Yeah. So that is the most Slytherin thing I think. I think that's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty Slytherin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, Harry Potter, uh, he was going to be in Slytherin, and then he manipulated to be in Gryffindor. So you're basically just like Harry Potter. Harry and I have so much in common. So much in common, both whiners. Mm-hmm. Big dumb idiots. <laughs> Aww. 
Harry's an idiot. He kind of is. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, we don't talk about that anymore because uh, for obvious reasons. I mean, I talk about it. I just don't. I mean, it was a... I don't give her any money. No, I don't get... Yeah. You... The... The well is run dry, JK. Because trust me, I really wanted that game. I chose not to. Yeah. And again, I we talked about it a little bit. It's a personal choice. If it's still something that brings you comfort and you're totally fine with it, I who am I to judge? Yeah, I'm not going to yuck your yum or whatever. It's just like... I uh, love that saying. Yeah. I'm going to yuck your yum. Oh, thank you to the Boo Boys for like bringing <laughs> that into the lexicon, God. I believe. <laughs> anyway. Ooh, yeah, so we had a really great... It, it was a gorgeous day, and it was an accident yeah. for us because I had to go pick up all my. I had to go pick up a bunch of stuff and run around, and then I decided we ran into that because we were going to go to Starbucks, and instead we ran into food trucks. So, <laughs> you know, a happy little accident. It was a happy. These happy little accidents. Never really walked around that park either. It's a, it's a, it's a nice little area, you know. <laughs> there have been a lot of geese. A lot of geese, geese, a lot of geese shit. They are running around in like, they're like gangs. We don't yeah. have, I don't think we have gangs here in South Portland. We have goose gang. Yeah, we have got goose gang We got goose life. gang. Because there was one time we were head, we were over by uh, the CVS and we literally had to just wait for five minutes because the geese would not move out of the street. Big barrel chested bastards. Yeah, I, that's going to be something you have to <laughs> take care it's, of. It's uh, uh, around these parts. It's uh, The turf war is pretty strong between the goose gangs and the gull gangs. Uh, it's true. The gulls hang around McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, gulls gangs. They hang around McDonald's and the restaurants in downtown. <laughs> I saw a, a, a seagull the other day uh, screaming in the middle of the street. While, like, pecking at a closed-off, like, Tupperware. <laughs> he was just going hard. And he was, like, stabbing it, stabbing it. And that beak was going into the plastic. Give, 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 give. And then some tourist came by and opened the, uh, opened it up for the seagull. He seemed pissed, though. He, like, grabbed whatever was in there and ran off and started eating it. And then was screaming again triumphantly. I can handle this on my own. <laughs> don't help a don't help a goal. They'll they'll figure it out. They'll it's fine. figure it out. There, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but speaking of goals and uh, you know scavengers, sea rats and all that uh, scavengers, we're going to be talking about a little bit of some uh, a big old grifting story. Now, I will say at the top, this is a main adjacent story. There's going to be some main activity. But it's mostly coming, uh, it's a little bit global on this one. It's going to be yes. outside of Maine primarily. And this is this is one of the first times that I actually have a, d- a good deal of prior knowledge. Yes, yes. So, Which, that also saying that at the top, because I recommend it. I sent this, I was like, <laughs> I messaged Jackson. I was like, hey, you like con artists <laughs> and money crimes. <laughs> How about this? So I'm going to start kind of from the top a little bit about um, the backstory, but we're going to be talking about the grifts of Marianne Smith. Real name, Marianne Elizabeth Andell. Andell. Now, a lot of people like to focus on a very specific part of this story as far as what I've seen. Um, What was very interesting about researching this case, this was taken... L.A. really latched onto this story specifically, and you can see that reflected in the number of sources that exist right now that are like kind of at the top of your searches here yep. that are mostly L.A. news sources, entertainment news magazines, um, but they're all coming from uh, individuals and witnesses. 
Uh, and also there is a massive pile of evidence that has been spearheaded by one of the victims who we'll be talking about here, uh, who really did influence a lot of leading to Marianne's eventual uh, I, demise. No. Downfall. Downfall. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Marion was actually born in Bangor, Maine, from little Bangor. It was funny because I was reading one of these L.A. news articles and they were saying from a small town, Bangor in Maine. And I'm like, yeah, I guess it's small. <laughs> it is not. I don't think Bangor is small compared to some of the other. T- <laughs> that, Literally, if you go yeah. the further north you go, you just have townships and then numbers. Yeah. (laughs) So July 28th, 1968, she went to high school in the area. And by the late 80s, though, she had already left uh, Maine. And she ended up joining joining the Navy as a Navy corpsman. So sort of like a nurse in a way. Interesting. Yeah. Um, This made her kind of bounce around quite a lot throughout these areas. So... There's a long series of grifts that have taken place um, throughout her life. Hundreds of cases. I only have details on some of them. Something that I did find out, though, is that she was actually disowned by her family in the main area. So that was real. That was real. Yeah, that was real. Disowned by her family because she was in Maine, specifically. The reason for that was because she was scamming people over a fake cancer diagnosis. <laughs> now, the extent of how much money that she took off people, I have no idea. But she did end up going, enlisting, joining the Navy Corpsman, and it brought her kind of all over the U.S. She was stationed in Sarasota, Florida, where she was charged, uh, eventually, with forgery and grand theft. <laughs> then Starting she, off so strong. Very strong. Now, then she was moved over to Knoxville, Tennessee, where she was charged. Oh my God! <laughs> she's fraud. not even getting away, like... She's not even getting away with shit. The, 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 the charges mostly have come from Florida and Knoxville. Okay. Um, they're on it. Yeah, they're on it. As There she was, you know, charged with fraud, passing bad checks, and shoplifting. Just throw that on there. You know. People take shoplifting really seriously. Yeah. I, how seriously should we take it at times, though, you know? Like... Um, my, I worked at them all. It, depend, it depends, <laughs> I think, on what's being stolen. Uh, yeah, it's like someone stealing some trip pants. Yeah, I don't think that's really something you need to steal. Yeah, because when I when I worked at Hot Topic, people yeah. would cut. There's just so much. Like when I was, because pr- prior to the, the story pandemic, you stole from is what I understand. What? <laughs> no. That's what I think people genuinely assume. Is like, oh yeah, hot topic. You steal. From oh me. yes, yes. <laughs> I thought you were saying me specifically. No, not you. No, no. yeah, Claire. Because Claire's was right next door. But people, well, yeah, because people would steal stuff from Claire's and then drop the packaging in our store. Interesting. But that's sort of what they would do. Is there are drop locations? Mm-hmm. J.C. Penney was another big drop location, and there were, they found like a huge pile that someone was going to come back to get later. Wow. Like they would put it like inside those circular racks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but. Hot Topic was pretty easy at the time to steal from because after the pandemic, our particular Hot Topic has cleaned up in the sense where they're when I worked there, they would just send us boxes of merchandise and they're like, yeah, we know you have no room. Just put it on the floor. 
So like we were just packing <laughs> things in. So it was just so much inventory. It to, was like, keep like, your eyeballs on. You're kind of like losing track of shit. And at that point, we were just sort of like whatever. It was like a hot topic is so cramped. I remember. I did yeah. stop a woman from de- stealing some hair dye because she brought it into the fitting room with her, and I was like, "Hey, where'd that hair dye go?" And she's like, "So I went in with the hair dye, and now I don't have it." And I'm like, "Mm-hmm." She's like, "So what are you saying?" And I'm like, "I don't know. You tell me." <laughs> <laughs> and then I followed her around the store, and she dropped it on the body piercing case, and I'm like, y- "Yeah." Yeah. But she broke it open, so we couldn't couldn't use it anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. That was like one of the most tense moments of my life because you can't say I, but I was like, I'm just giving you the facts, ma'am. Yeah, you like, tell me. Lady, I saw this. You you went in there with it. Now, for some reason, it's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's assume that that was Meredith. There we go. Or Marianne. Marianne. Whatever her name is. Marianne. Or Mare, as Mare. Uh, people seem to call her. Uh then she's moved around quite a bit. She's lived also in Washington, Virginia, Illinois, Michigan, and even uh, and more places over time. So let's uh, time warp to uh, Michigan in August 1989. Uh, she ended up getting married to this individual named Jeff Welch, who also was a Navy corpsman. And that's how they met. They met through this service. Um, they ended up getting married at a point mm-hmm. and so, shut up phone <laughs> they ended up getting married uh, at some point and then in August 1989 uh, Mayor's first daughter Courtney was born 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 she was born Courtney unfortunately was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis um, and two years later though Mayor had a second child named Chelsea Pretty quickly after that, Jeff files for divorce, claiming that Chelsea is, you know, from uh, infidelity. Oh. Yeah. And that, you know, Mare was cheating on Jeff. Uh, To this point, uh, throughout the rest of her life, Mare refuses to tell Chelsea who her real father is. So that we are assuming that, yes, there was infidelity because she's saying, I don't know. She's saying, I'm not telling you who your real father is. Yeah, basically. Ooh. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, sort of sort of that. And then there was also like so many lies that have also, that Chelsea also has overheard about who potentially her father is. At one point, she told her grandparents, uh, Chelsea's grandparents, so, you know, Mayor's parents, that uh, they were... Uh, like the dad was african-american but chelsea is like super pale (laughs) it's like yeah sure yes it could totally be possible because the part that she left out was yeah from south africa so there you go so could yep 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 all right (laughs) um yeah so the grandparents also like lived in maine for a while and then moved around i think they ended up settling in tennessee uh, Knoxville at that time. That makes sense with everything else. So her, did her parents disown her or was it just like the extended family? It seemed like extended family was like, fuck you, get out. <laughs> um, I think the grandparents really got roped into the situation due to the sort of custody battle that ended up happening okay. over the kids. So Jeff ended up getting full custody over Courtney, the first daughter. Mm-hmm. Jeff basically said that um, Mare seemed completely disinterested in being a parent yeah. and mother um, and was pretty cold 
And I mean, she did split pretty quickly. Uh, but there was also a custody situation over Chelsea because what ended up happening was that uh, Mare ended up taking Chelsea and then dropped off Chelsea to the grandparents and then dipped for a while. She didn't end up coming back until Chelsea was about five or six years old. And I don't really have a good track of where she was during this time. She's just <laughs> out doing her thing. Yeah. So so that was around 1992 was when that was all occurring. So from 1998 to 91, then dropping off Chelsea in Tennessee. Um, the courts did order... Uh, Mayor came back at some point, but the courts ended up ordering the grandparents to share custody with Mayor. I think there was sort of like a, well, she wanted to come back and be more involved, but the courts were uncomfortable with that because it's like, you left. You didn't, and you don't seem to be a good mother, but we're going to share, like, allow shared custody so that so maybe did, you did could work parent, up to being a better mother. Did her parents like involve the courts? Or were the courts involved because of the prior custody dispute? The courts were involved, I think, primarily because of the prior custody dispute. I think the grandparents also were, like, pushing on it. They were just kind of like... They were kind of like, we're not sure if she should be, like, full-time on this. She's a little off. I I will say, I feel that makes me feel good. Yeah. In that sense, that the grandparents were like, yeah, we see that, you know, her parents, Mayor's parents were like, we see that there was a potential problem here, and... Because it could be like, oh, yeah, we don't care what she does. Like, there are plenty of people that are like that. They're like, yeah. it's my child. Like, yeah, they can do whatever they want. Like, it's their kit. Like, I'm glad that there was at least well, that was for pretty, Chelsea. Well, yeah, Mayor was pretty upset about that order, though, and ended up, you know, suing and taking the grandparents to court herself. Oh, jeez. And accused them of molesting Chelsea. The courts didn't believe it, but they still upheld the shared custody <laughs> order. I think that's kind of insane to be like, hey, you're going to share custody. And they're like, no, they molest them. And then it's like, obviously not true. They're like, okay, that's, well, no, stop lying. Also, you're still going to share custody. That doesn't make much sense to me. That I don't like. Yeah, that's kind of like, I I don't think this person can be really trusted here. Long story short, Chelsea ended up being raised in Murrayville, Tennessee. Um... Chelsea ends up kind of noticing, yeah, you know, Mayor lies a lot. One of the weirdest lies that she uh, remembers is that Mayor would tell people that she was a figure skater, which is kind of like, I guess, yeah, she's from Maine and northern parts. Yeah, she figure skates, maybe. We pump out Olympic figure skaters like it's no one's business. Well, I mean, there's a figure skater, you know, like how skilled are they at the end of the day, right? Um, So, but she would go so far as to say that she was going to be an Olympic skater. No, that's what I assumed. (laughs) That's what I assumed she was going for. Yeah, she was going for the big ones, the big swings. She would tell people that she was going to be... I suppose if you're going to tell lies... Yeah. Yeah. Do you want them to believable, or are you going to go big swing? Right. Uh, <laughs> tell her the Olympic skater. Um, she didn't go to the Olympics, apparently, because her grandparents would be jealous or something. Uh, I think, what was it? When did Al Gore invent the internet? <laughs> was that 95? Yeah. Okay. So I, I think... Would say, yeah, no, no. I the internet has been a thing for longer than that, but I think it, in the early 90s is when it became more accessible right so okay so 92 and then 
probably 97, 98 timeline wise, um, Mare got a computer and started dating online. Ooh. She ended up starting a dating with a, a man from Northern Ireland. Ooh, how exotic. Apparently, Marion was very obsessed with being Irish. That was a big thing. Um, but she ended up meeting a, a sir, not a sir, a Mr. Stephen Smith from Northern Ireland. Um, they, you know, it was kind of like just chatting online for a while. But then around uh, Chelsea's 11th birthday, Mare comes up to Chelsea and hands her an envelope with two tickets to paradise. Ireland? Yeah, Northern Ireland. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to go. Yeah, right? And so, yeah, Chelsea was kind of like, oh, cool, we're going to go visit Stephen, I guess. Um, and then she was like, so, uh, so yeah, we're going to go visit. And then I have in been. front of everybody... All of her, all of Chelsea's friends, Mary says, no, we're moving there. <laughs> Hold on. Doesn't she have joint custody? <laughs> so about that. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. So about <gasps> that. She, Mary told Chelsea not to tell their grandparents about what was happening. Oh, no. So they ended up flying over and he... Mayor made Chelsea wait until the end of the summer and made her call her grandparents and say that she's going to stay in Northern Ireland and go to school here. And yes, this did break the custody agreement. No shit. Yeah. But because fighting that is so expensive and given like we're dealing with international courts now. Oh, no. The parents just didn't pursue it. Oh, the grandparents no. didn't pursue it. Yeah. <sighs> oh, jeez. So in early 2002, uh, the family ended up moving in with Stephen Smith. Stephen Smith was actually a very nice guy. At least Chelsea remembers him to be a nice guy. He worked for uh, the Postal Service. Uh, I think the Royal Postal Service or something like that. I forgot. They love the, They love throwing royal on things, right? Royale with cheese. Oh, wait, no, that's France. <laughs> uh, Steven was a postal worker. He also loved to race greyhounds. This guy had a bit of money. So oh. she... What's he doing at the post Chelsea remember... Yeah, right? I mean, that's not a bad gig. I've often no. thought about, like, it'd be cool to be a postal worker. Because it's kind of like, yeah, you get to wear those fun blue shorts. <laughs> Give you a little safari hat. You know? That messenger bag, that's pretty slim. Oh, just like uh, the, the the messenger bag from uh, Fallout 76. <laughs> yeah, just like that same quality. Yeah. High quality. <laughs> Chelsea remembers growing up with 15 to 17 dogs in this home. Wow. Yeah. I assume it's also like a big home. I would and assume they're so, They're well yeah. taken care of. No, I don't think this is like a one-bedroom This is apartment. not like a hoarder's situation. No, with 15 dogs just yeah. like, we had a wall. <laughs> wow. Just a sea of greyhounds, just these geriatric animals that die within seven years. Um, <laughs> Mare ends up getting employment as a mortgage broker. Great profession for someone who loves to scam people. 
<laughs> she worked for a pretty large company. Uh, I have the exact details sort of of uh, what was happening here at the moment. Thank you, Irish News, for producing anything. Um, That's mean to the Irish News. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm Irish. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you, Belfast Telegraph. I'm assuming that's the only news you have there. <laughs> Other than smoke signals through the countryside, right? Just kind of Morse code it. Oh, they caught that scammer. What is this? <laughs> that was not that? Irish. Oh. <laughs> oh, don't you know they got that scammer there in California? <laughs> Irish, I can only do Scottish, right. so I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, <laughs> when, Don't uh, you know they caught that scammer? During the time that Marion was uh, yeah, living in Northern Ireland from 2002 to 2009, yep, she was working as a mortgage broker. She worked for an independent Morgan, Mor- independent mortgage solution LTD based on Stockman's Lane in West Belfast. And uh, also worked for another mortgage firm a little bit larger in England. So for the first uh, period of Marion's life, Chelsea recalls that this is the longest that her mom has ever held down a job. Throughout most of her life, he's, she's always been doing stuff, constantly like getting fired. Yeah, because she's also not that old at this point. And she no, has, not particularly. She has been some places. Yeah. Chelsea recalls though her mom being incredibly immature and kind of like disorganized and just annoying. Like Chelsea doesn't have a high opinion of her mother basically. Um, but yeah, so she worked for a larger firm for a while, seemed to be not doing anything shady, but when then then she got to the smaller firm located uh, based in Northern Ireland, that's when she started pulling up the scams. Well, yeah, because I think that she's thinking that People aren't going to notice if she's working for a larger company yeah. in a larger area and more eyes are on you and yeah. the work that you're doing. Because also it makes more sense to start switching it up once you've established yourself a little bit. Exactly. So it's like you get once you know the ins and outs, you might be able to do a little bit more on the inside. You know? That is not us giving people advice. <laughs> no, we're not giving you advice. Don't do crimes. You've heard it from us. Crimes are bad. Anyway. <laughs> she ended up in, uh, scamming about over 20 individuals, uh, raking in 500,000 euros through her scams. Fuck. Yeah. So a lot of forgery was uh, how this happened. Specifically, she used her own daughter to forge signatures. At one point, apparently, uh, Chelsea forged her mom's signature so she could go ahead and go to a uh, school trip. Um, Mayor found the forged signature and said, hey, this is actually really good. And then I think the light bulb went off in her head. Oh, no. She started making her daughter, like, copy signatures and learn how to forge people's signatures. And she ended up, like, yeah, having Chelsea sign off on hundreds of documents over the years. All, I guess, to just kind of line her own pockets. Um, yeah, so altogether, uh... She scammed the mortgage, did a lot of foraging. She also impersonated as a financial advisor. All in all, uh, she scammed at, scammed six people's homes and produced about 20 investment scams. So like 26 different cons here. She ended up getting tipped off by someone. We're not sure how she got tipped off. 
but she got tipped off that the police were looking for her at some point. Maybe indicating that there might have been some larger connection she was dealing with here. Mm -hmm. Um, So she got tipped off in 2009 and forced uh, Stephen and Chelsea to move out immediately and go to the States. I don't know why she was forcing Stephen into this. And I'm not really sure what the lie she produced here. Um, I didn't get that information from Chelsea when I what I was hearing about. Um, all right, this is going to be really sad. All right, she made Stephen kill all of her dogs. I'll kill all the dogs. What? Yeah, she had he. She made him put down every single dog. What? Yeah. I have a Pandora's box of questions right now. Uh-huh. You can unload. That's, you know, there's more. There's a lot more. No, because I'm just, <laughs> no, because I'm just thinking, like, if, you know, he, this is something he does, the dogs are probably very precious to him. Like, what, what kind of lie did she produce that was just sort of like, you can't sell them or adopt them out somewhere? Like, that it, it was like, you have to kill them. It was like, because they had to leave immediately... They were like, we don't have the time to rehouse these animals, so we need to go now. That was the logic, I believe. I think it's crazy that this Steven guy went along with That's this what I'm saying. Absolute like, lunatic for this long. It's just like, no. You know, from what Chelsea in. remembers, he's a nice guy. So I'm just like, what pushes a normal person to do that? Like, what? There might be a lot more here uh, that that we don't know because there's some other crazy shit that ends up happening here. Um Holy. Okay. So she flies back to the States. And hey, she suddenly remembers she has another daughter. Mm. Let's get let's rope her into this bullshit. Let's get her involved here. Mare ends up connecting with Chelsea. Uh ends with, up with Sorry. With Courtney. Courtney. Yeah. C's. Two C's. Yep. Um, anyway, Marin's up connecting with Courtney and, uh, you know, reaches out. Courtney's actually married at this point by the time she's 18. Um, I forgot the husband's name. Sorry. Uh, and is connects out with them, like gets them to meet each other is super nice. They're like giving them money and like nice things. Uh, Wait, who? She's Stephen giving, and Mare are giving Courtney. Are giving Courtney and the husband stuff. Yeah. Okay. They end up sending, like, Marin's up sending, like, thousands of dollars to Courtney um, throughout a year. Until one day, the payments completely stop. The husband <laughs> says that one day he gets a loud knock on his door. And then another knock. So they're like, okay, what the fuck? He goes to the door. And finds four Irish-speaking mobsters with automatic weapons at the door. Saying that they're going to... They want to know where Mare is. And if they don't hear where Mare is, they're going to kill everyone in the house. Um, nothing happened from here, but... Some crazy shit's going on. Uh, so I, I kind of think maybe she was connected to the Irish mob in some way. She was doing, running financial scams and, like, working with these guys. If all that is true. Or. Or. 
it could also be that whatever she was doing was causing problems for them. Mm, so they wanted to get her out, potentially. Yeah. Holy... Please tell me that they were just sort of like, okay, we're not talking to her anymore. I assume that they were like... Well, they didn't hear anything left. Uh, they didn't hear anything from Mare at all at that point. So they were like... But I'm saying, so the, the Irish mob, obviously, whatever answer they gave the Irish mob, mobsters that were at the door, yeah. pleased them. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I guess. Supp- I don't know. Supp- they left at some point. There was some supplication. I don't know. But... Super fucking weird, right? Very fantastical stuff. This is like a soap opera. There's so much happening here. Holy fuck. Yeah. I'm low-key surprised, because I think there was a documentary. There, but that there hasn't been, like, a movie. There was, um, this was featured. Jeez. Uh, I watched The Con. There's a okay, show called The yeah. Con, and uh, they featured this on the second episode. So I was watching that. I was also listening to um, one of the persons that we're going to talk about very shortly, their podcast, um, which is pretty helpful in that they did an interview with Chelsea, and that's kind of how I was able to get this timeline. What was really hard is that piecing together the timeline of Mare's whereabouts is really difficult. And also, again, a lot of people haven't come out to discuss how they were scammed out of their money because there is some embarrassment that hangs with that. I think... And I think that we see you see that a lot with financial crimes. Yeah. And I mean, like, if you've been scammed before and you try talking to the police about it, you'll know that it's not been helpful. Um, it's helpful in being able to try to get your money back potentially through the bank uh, to file a police report and, like, show that you've been doing your due diligence to, like, get your money back and, like, right this issue. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, most of the time, like, police will just say, well, there isn't really anything we can do about this, you know, because yeah. it's like, it's like you were the one that gave the money. It's like no one forced you to do it. She, it's like lying isn't a crime. It's like, but it's, it is. It's, it know, is. Theft. It's fraud. It's fraud. <laughs> but they just don't want to pursue it. It's like hard to, I guess, deal with. I think it, yeah. Especially if you have someone, well, we ju- you just said that they don't know where she is. Like, yeah. people can move. And if they try to be as unconnected as possible in a lot of ways, it you can just slip around. Yeah, slip harder, around like a little eel. I think it's harder to do these days, but we're still in like the 90s, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Early 2000s now, maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's quite a lot of jumping around here. Uh, let me just find where exactly. Okay. So, so no more contact with Mayor. Off the planet. Chelsea also, no more contact with Mary. She's gone now. No idea. So wait, how old is Chelsea now? Chelsea's probably, oh, she would have been in like her early 20s by the time. Okay, because they they moved back. And I assume she was like still in school. Yeah. Got it. Understood. So. Um, so Mom has disappeared again. So now we're going to be following the very well documented portion of this uh, section of the, the crimes. Uh. Which is leading to the creation of Mayor Smith. Marion Smith, I would say. Um, the Marion Smith that we're going to get to know is an Irish heiress. So just kind of keep that in mind. Mayor ended up fleeing uh, to Hollywood to live the good life with a lot of her ill-begotten's. Uh, from is Ireland Stephen and also across the U.S. No, Stephen is no longer in the picture. Did he? 
I feel so, there's a part of me that like I have no fucking clue what happened to Steven. I have so many questions. I have no clue what happened. I, I don't have many answers, answers. for you. <laughs> yeah, and if I were him, I probably would just fade into the background and try to live a peaceful life. Right. After Right. That. So she ends up coming to LA in 2011. Okay. Good time to be in LA probably. Fun times, right? What's happening in 2011? I'm trying to. Uh, we're just bouncing back from the 2008 recession. Uh, what ca- what movies came out in 2011? Uh, I don't know, but you know, you know, like uh, I, what I think the tens, the 2010s are known for is uh, some good good old reality TV. Uh yes. Some good old reality TV. Enter Jonathan Walton. Uh, Hollywood producer to the stars, known for productions such as Shark Tank and American Ninja Warrior. Love American Ninja Warrior. I like Ninja Warrior. Uh, you like Ninja Warrior? Personal. I, I'm more. There's of a, nothing wrong with American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. I just grew up watching the OG on yeah. G4, yeah. and there's something. The thing that I always liked about it is like. It, it was this special thing. Like, every single year, there was this old, su- like, sushi chef uh-huh. who would come, and he'd bring an octopus. <laughs> and he would always fail on the first thing. But it was just, like, you'd see a lot of the same people come. Like, it was just a wholesome right. thing. And then the competition get like, as they advance, it gets more serious. Yeah, that's, but, uh, that's, the, that's the cool thing about these shows is, like... Sucker Punch came out in 2011. Well, there we go. My favorite movie, if you listen to the most recent bonus episode. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, like I think it's kind of funny, American Ninja Warrior, because it is showcasing like these really uh, pretty talented folks just breezing through these courses. And that's fine. But that's cool. the, I liked, I, the thing that I like about the early stages of... The original Ninja Warrior is the fact that, like, I like that it it slowly gets. Yeah. I'm more of a wipeout guy myself. <laughs> Everyone <Okay>. sucks. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's not good at this, and also it's meant to be incredibly unfair. <laughs> All right. So she, this guy, enters so the picture. Jonathan Walton enters the picture. He just wrapped on season four of Shark Tank, and uh, he's ended up working with his neighbors on a legal issue with his apartment because all of a sudden they lost access to their pool. So he ends up organizing all of his neighbors in a good collective fashion uh, to do something about it. Uh, Bring like 40 different people into his living room. He ended up meeting Mayor Smith at this gathering. They hit it off. Mayor was incredibly charming. Um, Mayor claimed to be from a very wealthy family from Ireland and that she was descended from Irish royalty. See, one of the things that I... I do know about this is the fact that she did not try to have an Irish accent. She, like, very weakly tried an Irish accent. It was, like, kind of an Irish accent. Like, you lived there long enough. Could you not pick it up? Yeah, like, a couple of, like, videos and, like, audio recordings I heard of her was just, like, she. it was a very lazy attempt at an Irish accent. I feel like it was, like, she was going for an Irish person that's been Americanized. So it's more of like an Irish person with an American accent than an American person with an Irish accent. And I think it was what she was trying to go for, but it was kind of fake. (laughs) Yeah, it was uh, not very convincing. Um, Also, big flaw. Uh, B, is there an Irish royal family? 
So here's the thing. Northern Ireland is part of the UK. Yeah, but she didn't claim to be from Northern Ireland. Oh, she's just... She was claiming to be from Ireland. Then no. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is no... Also, there is no Irish royal family even in Northern Ireland. Ireland. That's not... No, I'm de- but what I'm saying is, yeah. like, she would say, if she said, I'm descended from royalty, she's probably claiming that she's related to okay. Queen Elizabeth so I just, II. So if we really wanted to, like, dissect this, like, okay... I think it's insane. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's another insane thing. Um, In her apartment, she had what she claimed to be was the original Irish constitution. This part I did. That was hanging in her home, signed by her great, great uncle. Why would you have that in your home? Why isn't it with a government or a museum? It sounds... Why is it in your fucking house? If it is in your house, then I think that people could rightfully assume, I don't think she's supposed to have that. I didn't say that. I'm like, (laughs) are you supposed to have this? No, you shouldn't be having this. You should... Also, it should be under, like... Glass. Not even just glass, but, like, a complex, like, temperature and, like... Humidity controlled yes. like environment not under just glass. Hanging not just hanging there. In your LA apartment. Yeah, where it's hot as fuck. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. Irish royal family. So I get it, yeah. It's like, oh, Irish royal family. If you don't know anything about Irish, yeah, like, you maybe know nothing. you just get on that. But it's kinda like that doesn't make sense. She also apparently had a story of, of one time like tossing Molotov cocktails over a bridge with her grandma and the grandma basically teaching her how to throw Molotov cocktails at British soldiers. Those two things don't go together if you're claiming to be from a royal Irish family. family. And the only way to be is maybe like determine, maybe say you're royal Irish family. What does that mean? You're rich? The only people that are rich and Irish were the people that were working for the British. British. You yeah. know? The other, most of those folks ended up, you know, getting killed by the peasants um, or moving to Northern Ireland. So it's kind of like you wouldn't be taught how to throw Molotov cocktails at British soldiers. Those things don't work. Also, like, when when does all the stuff with, like, the IRA happen? You mean, oh, that, uh, constant. <laughs> it's still, yeah, okay. So I, because I'm just wondering, like, can we even pinpoint a time where tensions are high? Where there would be a need to throw Molotov cocktails at British soldiers in her lifetime, is uh, what I'm saying. Oh, within her lifetime, um, probably. Okay. Even eighties, yeah, they were pretty okay, yeah. active. That that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to pinpoint. Yeah. It's like is this is this part believable if she's, if she's outside of everything to grow up? In like, let's say outside of everything else, because uh-huh. I think that there are people who claim. Oh, well, I'm descended from so-and-so. Literally, like, growing up, we were like, oh, we're descended from a Native American princess. (laughs) Pocahontas? Yes, obvi. But that's, I feel like there are a lot of people who do, it's like, oh, we're descended from, you know, one of the founding fathers. We don't know who, but we are. I'm descended from (laughs) potato farmers and horse thieves. Yes, probably. Fact. Fact. Allegra is descended from a Viking. Is descended from a a Viking king. Oh, fun! <laughs> like that's, cool. that's legit. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not king in 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 our sense of the word, but right. a well known Viking. Harold. Harold the Viking. No, is it Harold? Harold. Harald. Haraldo. I don't know. <laughs> All right. But th- and then again, like, that's what they've figured out. But I think it's hard to trace. Th- it is hard to trace after a certain point. So what I'm, yeah. 
all of this, all of this to say, part of it could just be like, oh, maybe, like, I think you could get away with like, oh, well, you know, my grandmother does the same thing. Right. Right. People um, always want to believe that their their heritage is greater than maybe it is. Right. Yes. Um, okay. <sighs> Settle back in. Settle back in. So, descended from Irish royal family. Not real. You know, you had to know. Uh, John and Mare though, ended up being very close. They would go out a lot. Mare would always like you know spot the check, uh, pay pay her own. Uh, you know, she claimed that she didn't need money. She was very wealthy. I think that's the other thing that kind of like could get you is the it's fact- like that's the thing is like the culmination in the long relationships is what's like building you to like it's oh like, maybe all this bullshit is real. And it's you like know? oh she's always got the money. She's always got the money. She lives this fantastical lifestyle, and I think like people do gravitate towards a show, and she's a big show. She makes a big show. Especially in, in, in L.A. Yeah. Um, I would also like to add that she's changing up her appearance quite a lot throughout her life. Changing her hair constantly. Also doing a lot of uh, plastic surgery. Nose corrections, breast reductions, Aug- yeah. breast augmentations. Uh, you know, lipo, all that kind of shit. You know, just constantly like changing up what her body looks like slightly. Now people kind of believe it's to keep the grift alive uh, and to not be recognized. I think that's a fair assumption. Yeah. Um, She had a lot of friends, though, in L.A. Uh, She was, you know, living in an apartment that's like $5,000 a month uh, back in 2011. Yeah, that's probably, what, $12,000 today? (laughs) (laughs) So... She would always claim she doesn't need the money. She she, but she didn't uh, shop around. So she said that she worked for a travel agency, a luxury travel agency called Pacific Islands. Um, John and Mary started getting to know each other a lot more, and she opens up to John, claiming that her family from Ireland has cast her off, uh, has disowned her because her great-grandfather ended up dying and left a 25 million euro estate to be divided among the family, her share being 5 million euros, and her cousins were claiming that her share should be forfeit because she left Ireland. John, you know, connects with Mare. John is gay and also had some struggles growing up with his family and feeling outcast from his family. So this really kind of solidified this emotional connection that he was experiencing with Mare. Um, As he himself says, like cons, they get you with emotion, not intelligence, but tugging at what you want and want to hear, you know? Um... Mare had sort of a lot of jobs also throughout this experience. I mean, she she ended up becoming a psychic at one point, and that was I do know I do know about this. (laughs) I think her name as a psychic was Mare Anne. (laughs) She would like use new different names for a bunch of shit. Um, One day, uh, you know, Mare's like opening up more about this whole experience. And shows emails from her barrister in Ireland, uh, which is just a lawyer. Yes. Uh, but it sounds fancy. It does sound fancy. It does sound way fancy. I want a barrister. barrister. <laughs> uh, um, 
The barrister says that it looks like I found a clause within the inheritance that says that your share would be forfeit if anyone, if you are convicted of a crime or felony. Um, John mentions that maybe your cousins will use this clause against you and try to set you up in some kind of way. Uh, which Mary said, Oh, Jonathan, don't be so silly. That's not what she sounds like, but you know. Oh, Jonathan, don't be so silly. Oh, oh, jo- oh Jonathan, don't be so silly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have decided. Uh, sorry, Ireland, you need to change your accent to be more Midwest. So, that which, was a perfect Irish accent. I don't know what you're talking, talking about. about. So, he inadvertently gives her this idea, I suppose. Maybe, or maybe this was just kind of like, it was all part of her plan, and it was just kind she of... She put that there on purpose and was hoping he'd notice? Yes, because then later on... Got you. Mayor, uh, John ends up getting a call from uh, a holding facility in L.A., um, saying that I've got a call coming in from... It was a recording of a call coming in from Mayor Smith... Um, she get it's a call in the middle of the night and Mare's crying on the other end saying, you were right. I was set up. They're suing me. They're going to cut me out. She needs bail money. She doesn't have any money. Her bank accounts are frozen. Um, Mer- John gets up, uh, $4,200 for the bail bondsman. That was my phone. Sorry. Wow. John ends up giving $4,200 for the bail bondsman to be uh, sent to Mare. Mare ends up paying him the next day, though. So somehow does... So that seems legit. Seems legit. The money actually was coming from someone that she was dating, though. Okay. So I think around time, this was around the, the psychic stuff started happening. And so, yeah, it was just a long line of getting friends and people to come over and hang out with her and give them money and also for her to steal information from them. Um, Back in November 2012, though, let me jump back for a little bit. Back to Courtney. Unfortunately, Courtney did pass away in November of 2012 from cystic fibrosis. fibrosis, as people know. You know, you could get a lot of treatment, but the outlooks of living a long life are very slim. Um, And so that was awful for Jeff Welch. But for Marion, she saw it as a business opportunity. Marion set up a GoFundMe to collect dollars that will go to cystic fibrosis research is what she claimed. Uh, She raised about... This sounds a little familiar. Yeah, she raised... Just under $17,000 of funds. That's not going to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. No, it's going to the Bank of Mare. Um, there, if, there's, if this all seems confusing, it is. Because <laughs> there's a lot of moving around. So she's kind of moving through all this grifts. Let me just say, throughout the LA experience, she's doing a lot of cons. She's doing some, some fraud schemes on the psychic side. Um... And she's uh, also, you know, getting money from John, or she's about to lay a big one on him here. Uh, But she's also has a lot of boyfriends that she's scamming for money. She even has a sugar daddy account um, where she's setting up affairs with married men and then blackmailing them 
if they want to leave the relationship. Or get oh, out. shit. So she's just kind of constantly asking for money, money, more money. And then she's like, okay, I'm done. And then she's like, I'm going to tell your wife everything if you don't give me more money. A lot of shit going down here. Bruh. By the end of 2016, um, Marion is talking about dating a guy named Bob to to uh, John. Sorry. Uh, Bobette's actually an electrical engineer from Newport. Um, and Mara ends up visiting Bob a couple times. Nothing unusual. But she's setting up a big con at this point. Uh, Bob's pretty well-to-do. He's a smart guy, works hard. He's got the money. He's got a family. Uh, and uh, she was really friendly to the kids. Bob seemed happy. She, he, Bob even invited Mare to visit her kids, uh, his kids, sorry, early than his normal allowance for dating a woman. Um, and basically, as Mare is courting Bob... She one day, like, saying, oh, I kind of want to move here at some point. This is kind of towards the end of her L.A. experience. She's like, oh, I kind of want to move here. Um, it's like, oh, I found a house that I think that I'd be able to get, afford, and it's a $12 million home. I know this one. Yeah. I know this one, too. She this ends makes up, me mad. She ends up pushing and saying, hey, I should get on your titles. What that would do is open up all of Bob's banking information to Mayor so that she could just... Drain that account. You know, it would be so nice. You know, it would be a real symbol of our love if we were on a title together. <laughs> I, I think, think I our think names would look so nice next to each other on a legal document, babe. I think it's time for us to hit the next step in the relationship. Can you co-sign for my Tesla? <laughs> hey, you know what would really take things to the next level? Give me a $12 million house. house. Get on the title oh. here. Put me on the title, baby. You know you want it. Ooh, I love it when you talk title to me. <laughs> I love it when you talk title. But a big fucking mistake that she made was that she fucked with John Walton. And you don't fuck with John Walton. One day, John gets a call from Mayor saying that, hey, uh... The DA is demanding, like, there's this whole $200,000 suit from the Irish family and all this bullshit. She's, and she says, hey, this will all go away if I pay $50,000 uh, for some kind of, you know, deal. Now, what doesn't make sense is that if you're paying for a plea agreement, you're pleading guilty. Yes. Is what you're doing. That is what you're doing. Um, but John doesn't really put this together. You know, he's not a lawyer. He just know? wants to help. Yeah, he just he, wants to help his friend. This is his friend. This is like his best friend. Yep. And yeah, Jackson, I will send you that 50000 right now. Yeah, it's like, and hey, I'll be able to get access to my accounts, but right now they're frozen. I'm not able to get to them. So it's like, I just need just need this little bit to help thing, get things moving. Um, so John actually didn't have physically $50,000 uh, available at that time. You know, not many people do have that just lying around, but he'd had really good credit score so he put it on credit mayor then would also end up asking for more money for rent payments and stuff because oh the, the accounts are still frozen then eventually she's just still racking up bills she's running up close to seventy thousand dollars here um then all of a sudden calls and says hey 
the judge, for some reason, didn't like me using credit cards to pay for the plea agreement, so I have to go to jail for 30 days. That's not how this works. That's not how this works. Um, yeah, that's not how this works. You, you wouldn't just go to jail for giving the money. I Hey, I'm, hit, I'm being hit with all these admin fees. You go to jail right now. No. What the fuck is that? There's 5% credit card fee. <laughs> You must pay with jail time. <laughs> Two hots in a cot. Get in there. <laughs> God. Three hots in a cot. Um, <laughs> so, you know, she's in jail, you know, dealing with the consequences of her actions, sort of. Um, and John's like, hey, I want to visit you. And Mary's like, oh, please don't. You don't need to do that. John ends up going to the courthouse website, sets up a visit, notices something very odd. Huh. It says that she's serving time for grand theft. Felony grand theft. Oh, oh, no. So it all kind of comes together then. He ends up going to the courthouse and uh, and gets all of the information about the case and what happened. 40 pages of information. He I lo- discovers... I think that it's so interesting. Because yeah. I know in Florida you can do that. It's the Freedom of Information Act. I didn't realize that you could do that in in California. Freedom of Information Act is uh, federal. Okay. Because I've only heard, like, with, like, Florida, there's some other stipulations. There's I another... Think. The other stipulation is that um, it, everything gets, like publicly told in news. That's why you have all these, like, Florida man stories. Yeah. Okay, Every, maybe that's everything what... Okay. Un, every, like, things that are... Because I knew that there was an additional publicly. stipulation to yeah. it. Things are, like, publicly available really easily in Florida. But you can go, I think, to any courthouse and say, hey, I need details here. Okay, thank you. There might be some, like, differences state to state, but okay. I think you could just do that. Yeah, Florida, I know it's super easy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so he goes, he's like, I, I, I need the deets. I need deets, And they're please. like, sure, here you go. Here's a pile of deets. He discovers that Mare did, in fact, steal $200,000 from Pacific Islands, the travel agency. <gasps> so Co- that was real. She really had that job. She really fucking had that job. She worked there for a bit, and she stole money from them. Um, basically, how it was discovered was that one day, um, a client called up and said, hey, um... I had a payment that I set up and I didn't see it. My travel end up going through. Did you guys receive it? Did that all happen? And they said, okay, yeah, tell me how you made your payment. It's like, oh, it was PayPal on your guys' PayPal account. And the company was like, we don't do PayPal. So they opened it up. They found the charge. Um, the, The client provided the receipt. And they found out that this was going to Mayor's bank accounts. Uh, but it was set up under the travel agency name. Um, shows the receipt. Mayor comes in with a meeting with the comptroller of the company and says, Hey, can you help us out and figure out where this money went? She goes very white, has an excuse, leaves the room, goes to her desk, takes all her shit and leaves, never comes back again. So they're like... Confession. That's confession, a confession. Yeah. Time to go uh, to court. Um, so then, yeah, discovering that it was all $200,000, basically. The plea agreement uh, that happened, basically. And so what ended up happening, he discovers, yep, this was uh, a whole thing. The plea agreement is actually $40,000. So uh, Mayor took a little 10000 extra on top of that just for 
just for the beak, you know, just a little wet of the beak, just something to wet my beak with. Um, <laughs> and then everything else, yeah, obviously was a con. So oh John completely duped out of $70,000. Um, John ends up offering to pick up Mare from the jail when she is due to be released. She re- he records the conversation. And just that's some her. balls. That's some balls. That's some straight up balls, yeah. dude. Yeah. He he talks and says, You lied, you're busted. This is all bullshit. She ends up like crying in front of him and it's just like, this is just what you fucking do. It's just like all bullshit. I'm glad that he he was like, nah, I, I see through you now. Yeah, yeah. John ended up going to the police over this issue. Um and was dismissed. We were talking about this a little bit earlier. He was kind of immediately dismissed. There, The guy was just like, well, this is why you don't give your password to people. It's like, oh, this is why you don't give money to people. Uh, it's just like, it's yeah, just like it super. Yeah, but it is fraud. It, it is, is still illegal. fraud. It's still like stealing. It's like, I was duped. Like, what the fuck is this? It's like, I have the receipts. I have information. So the police were super dismissive. But John doesn't stop there. He decides, fuck you people. I'm going to take this public. He ends up starting his own blog that details everything that happened to him and even starts uh, warning about the scammer. At one point, he also remembers that, wait, um, she mentioned dating some guy named Bob. I have a picture of Bob that she gave me one time, but I don't know his full name. So he posts the photo saying... Saying like, hey, have you seen this man? Have you seen this man? Have you seen this woman? You got to warn this guy; he's going to get scammed or is being scammed right now. Um, that ends up being a huge help to keep connecting people together. Of which, what ends up being a bottomless pit of victims. This man is doing the Lord's work. He's doing the Lord's work. I also, I really, there's a part of me that really wants to know, like, did he just drop her off at home and be like? I'll see you in court. Right. (laughs) The next time we meet, it will be in court. It will be in court. Um, So John ends up finding some more evidence, actually, as he's he's going through his rabbit hole. He ends up paying for, like, private investigators as well to try to figure out what the hell else was happening here. Um, So he collected tons of information. Um, One key bit of uh, information, evidence that he did also have was uh, well one first off so that whole cystic fibrosis thing he called the cystic fibrosis foundation it was like hey did mayor ever like donate this money and they're like nope <laughs> it's like oh fuck i there is something this whole everything is insidious but yeah it, and it goes back to the her first kind of big i would say big grift in maine where it's like when you fake cancer cancer or use the death of your daughter who yeah. had a disease, a specific disease. Like, that's particularly insidious because that does, again, it tugs on people's heartstrings. And I feel like it's just, just bonkers. Because there are, like, we live in a society where people really do have to ask for money for health care. Yeah. And it's just sort of like... I'm dealing you're with Now yeah. people, it's like, it's like, okay, also people are now going to be dubious when they see... Uh, you know, someone's GoFundMe. Yeah. They're going to think twice. And then those people aren't going to get the help that they need. Uh, yeah, it's true. It's true. Like, I mean, everything kind of like, everything when it comes to money and like losing it, it just, it's a domino effect for people. It's like, because 
None of us are. A lot. Most of us out here aren't rich, man. We're just kind of no. living paycheck to paycheck. paycheck. So if six hundred dollars is coming out of our account, that could be that could mean a lot for for some people. Maybe not so much for others, but like. If I lost six hundred dollars a month, that's a big hit to my account. That's a I huge to, hit. I have to lean. I have to be a bit lean when that happens, you know. Um. Anyway, so John's following the rabbit hole. You know, he he. Uh, Mayor actually left uh, to John a box that Mayor said, "Guard this box with your life." So John decided. What's to, in the box? What's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? Uh, banking information. It was in the box. It was a bunch of banking information from friends of mayors, uh, social security numbers, all this information. She was running credit card scams on on people, mostly on the client, on the psychic client side, yep. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, people were filing pl- police reports. If you go to a bullshit. psychic and they require your social security number in order to give you a service, you yeah. might not want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> John, on the meantime, oh, no. uh, the more stories are coming in. And he's finding more stuff happening from, like, Michigan, Florida, New York, California, Maine, all over, all over the U.S. Um, he even gets a, the call from Northern Ireland of detectives saying, hey, we've been trying to find this lady for, like, 10 years. Uh, let us know if you see her. We'd love to chat. <laughs> and he's like... Boy, do I have a story for you. Boy, do I have a story for you. Yeah, they end up talking more, and he's sharing more details of kind of what's happening. But yeah, all over the place. Um, so Mayor, meanwhile, is, you know, over in New, uh, Newport with uh, Bob. He ends up meeting the ex-wife of Bob just to kind of get a vibe check, I guess, because it's sort of like, this is a person that's coming to interact with our children. So we should interact to make sure I approve. Thank God that meeting took place. Because in the end, the ex-wife of Bob came forward. Don't have her name. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Which is probably better. Yep. The people that we don't have names for, but that's probably for the better. Yep. So anyway, um, just just to say, like, you know, I don't, it's like, I'm not seeing her as just an ex-wife. You know, that's not me. Uh, yeah. That's just, that's what I don't have that information. It's like that, What there was one case where I literally, oh, it was the two boys, the Mott brothers. Oh, and yeah. it literally, they did not give the, the mother's name. They just called her by her husband's name. I remember Mrs. that, yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name, but and, and that made me see red. Yeah. <laughs> there were some really funny... Um, throughout a lot of the stories, I will just say that... Why, why do all the women need to be described as beautiful? It's like... I don't know if that's really important, but I, I guess to you it is. Beautiful lights up a room. Yeah, and it's like... It's like, I get it for them to say, like, oh, Mara's using her charm or beauty or whatever. It's like, okay, I get you saying that. But then, like, you're saying, oh, this daughter is beautiful. I'm just like, all right, can we chill? <laughs> it's like, that, you know, maybe she's just a nice person. How do we, we can leave it there. I don't, I don't want children to be called beautiful. No. In my opinion, but anyway. I agree with that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, it was good that the Bob, you know, had the ex-wife meeting because the ex-wife then came like pretty shortly after that she came and forward. said, and said, hey, yeah, came forward, not just came, <laughs> not in the restaurant, in public, gross. <laughs> she came forward with basically printouts of the, of Jonathan's blog. Yeah. 
This is quite, quite wild, and his and was just like, "Hey, you should probably talk to Mayor about this." And uh, yeah, so Bob ended up confronting Mayor, and she caved immediately. Well, didn't cave; she didn't confess to anything, but she was just like, "I don't understand why you'd believe those lies." And then she left and never came back. So I mean, yeah, that's a. I think it's really interesting that that's, that's her that's mo. Her, her just her like, MO how is... dare you leave? Never come back. <laughs> and that, you know, it's it is it is fascinating because. If you want an admission of guilt, running away is an admission of guilt. Yeah. In this instance. She's just like running around. So I feel like she's just like, I can just keep moving and keep changing my appearance and nothing bad will happen to me. Um, Nothing bad ever happens to the Kennedys. (laughs) So John ends up, you know, yeah, getting all this information. um, A little crazy shit that he discovered as well. So... He realized that he remembers uh, Mare's password to her email account. Because, well, for some reason, it was shared to him one day. There's a part of me that is just, this is, it's karma. It's delicious. It's like, oh, (laughs) you, you get around using people's information. Well, guess what? You made the slip. And you gave me your email address, your email oh, password. Oh, it's finger licking good. Oh, num 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 num. Oh, All right, boy. let's go, John. Oh, let's uh, let's download some PDFs, baby. Um, <laughs> so he discovers the he opens up this email account and he's like, she would have changed the password. Nope, <laughs> didn't change the password at all. Is he gets she- it immediately. This is it is this is also fascinating because in some ways it seems like she's careful and other times it's just sort of like what? <laughs> I think there's just a lot to keep track of with yeah. this person. You know, it's like if you're just lying constantly, I think it's really hard to see straight at that time. Probably. Um so opens up the bank account, finds the treasure trove of inf- from the treasure trove of information. Uh, he ends up discovering all that bullshit legal stuff from the Irish family all fabricated. There are alias accounts that she has in this that are ranging from like, yeah, her personal friends. Even Jonathan has a fake account in here. Um, the Irish people. She's spoofing all her friends. Spoofing all her friends. The Irish people, the, the barrister, uh, the cousins in Ireland, other family members and shit like that. Um and yeah, so I mean, this whole treasure trove, and she's he's like now discovering the extent of like all the different like hustles that she was putting all over the U.S. Um, even going so far as to like create some kind of fake relationship and uh, friendship with Jennifer Aniston to con people. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I remember this part too. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to go over all of them, but, like, through L.A., she was making huge cons. She was scamming, like, a designer out of $10,000. She scammed a a politician in L.A. out of $80,000. She scammed $150,000 out of another person that didn't want to go public. Um, It was, like, insane grifts all over the place. I could also imagine, because they're... I understand, like, normal, everyday people not wanting to come forward, but I feel like... Especially if you are prominent yeah. in like LA and Hollywood, you might really not want people to know. Right, right, crazy shit, dude. Um, so all this information, and then we have the treasure trove of the different names. You want to hear like some of the the names here? Absolutely. We have Marion Welch, 
uh, Marion Elizabeth Andell, which is the real name, Mayor Ellis, Marion Smith, Mayor Clock, Mary Marianne O'Leary. You know, there's more actually. I think all in all, it ended up being like also, Smith, twenty names. Smith is S M Y T H. Is there an yeah. E? Smith is uh, S M Y T H. Did I not say Y? You did say Y. Okay, you again, added okay. The e at the end. Okay. Uh, there's no E. Okay. Sorry, I could have just said that. No, you're good. <laughs> I thought that because sometimes I say things and then I gaslight myself into thinking I said something else. <laughs> That's okay. It's nice to know that you're abusing yourself in that regard. Um, oh, I forgot to mention also, yeah, uh, Mayor, a bit abusive to Chelsea. Over, oh, I bet. Over the course, yeah. Hitting her in ways that you couldn't tell. Kind of. So, real trash human being. Um, but anyway, so... All this information, all this evidence, Jonathan's collecting, and he's still sending shit to the police, and they're like, oh, we're gonna do anything about it, until the fucking DA shows up I love- and says, hey, buddy, thanks for doing our job. Let's go ahead and uh There's a go part of me that here. thinks it's so funny, because the Irish police seem to be, a, they were, like, on it immediately. Yeah. But, like, here in America, there, for some reason, they were just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. and I'm like, the Irish police... In this, they're literally reaching out to this man, like. I think the amounts. Why do you not think? Yeah, I think I think one is the amounts were like really out there when it came to the mortgage stuff, and I was also through a company, so I think it got pinged on their radar potentially faster, and also was expedited due to the fact that oh, they're attacking like a pretty you know major like financial crime situation here. Yeah, I think there was a bit of that. Sorry. <coughs> oh, I'm coughing. I think the other thing is why the police weren't interested either here because she literally was just. She was being. There was the whole thing with the embezzlement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Like, that yes. would be something that you would want to take care of since you're like, oh, she's already in our fucking system. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she has a record. She has a record. So it's kind of crazy that it's like... Yeah, and then also in Knoxville, like we're like, oh, this is a repeat offender. Like, this is not just some dude. Like, it boggles. Anyway, DA so shows up. DA shows up and says, we got this. Thanks for all the evidence. Thanks for working for two years on this out of your own pocket. Um, and there's a lot of evidence, sure. But the prosecutor says it could honestly go either way. Because at the end of the day, it's all he said, she said. And it's like, but it's not. It's like there's a, there's a trail. There's other people. There's other witnesses. There's evidence. There's evidence. So a big trial's happening. Ends up, you know, Chelsea shows up, makes an appearance, and talks about Mayor and just kind of growing up with her and how awful she is. Um, Jeff Welch, ex-husband from Michigan, comes forward, talks about it, and is just like, yeah, she fucking set up a GoFundMe about my fucking daughter that died. That's fucked up. Just, like, a lot of character stuff here. So it's like, yeah, there's some nerves here. Just kind of like, how is the jury going to come forward? Is this all going to make sense? I mean, when you have that many, when you have so many people who are close, family, just like, she's an awful fucking human being. I mean, where do you go from there? Anyway, the jury deliberation lasted three hours. She was found guilty. (laughs) Good. Oh. Don't say that just yet. Oh, fuck. (laughs) all right b january 24th 2019 she's charged with felony grand theft 
Uh, and she's ends up getting the sentence of five years in order to pay sixty thousand dollars in restitution. Only sixty? Yep. You know, I don't know. I don't know how they make their choices. I think at this point we could just have a class action lawsuit against her with yeah. the amount of people. Probably just throw like yeah, just throw the money amounts on a dartboard and we'd be we'd be solid. Yeah, it's just like heads. if you if you have been if you've been a victim, victim of, of Mayor, Mary, Mayor Smith, please <laughs> call Joe. Because like, so hey, this was this all. Hey, this uh, happened in 2019, right? What happened the next year, B? Was there an appeal? No. What happened in life? Oh, pand- Oh, fuck. <laughs> so yeah, so it was ordered to serve five years, but due to COVID protocols, um, she had to be let out in 2020. Were they just sort of like, we're only keeping violent offenders in, everybody else go home? I think I, there must have been something like that going on. Maybe there was some order that she couldn't leave L.A. or even that. I don't oh, know, but California. I bet she's gonna. Well, yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, so also when she was going to come out of prison, basically the Irish, like uh, IRS, was um, saying, "Hey, when she gets out, uh, she's got to We're gonna bring her here. We're gonna extradite her. Yeah, we're gonna Fuck extradite yeah. her. It didn't happen. Motherfucker. And it didn't happen. You know why? Because it was um, twenty. Uh, 20 and yeah everything was closed no border crossings so they couldn't get her she ended up she ended up going to Maine and she's in Bangor so can we say that well it's publicly available information uh, news agencies have talked about it. Then fucking fine. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're not giving out her address, but yeah, she's still around. If I were her family in Bangor, I would have been like, we need to like petition to get her removed. <gasps> yeah, what? Doc, Dr. Phil talked about it. So I'm, Holy I'm, shit, yeah. I'm assuming we're kosher. Here. I think we're kosher. Well, that's the thing is I don't think anything that we've said isn't available. Yeah, this is all out here. Holy shit. I didn't say anything new here. I hope at this point, though, like, and it's also good because there's a part of me that's like, the more people talk about it, the more information is out there. Yeah. If you run across this, well, the problem is no we better. Well, the problem is apparently she's changed her appearance, so she looks a bit different now. Doesn't matter. Like, yeah. But I be mean, aware. Be 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 aware and be prepared. Be prepared in case one day you go to a party in Bangor and there's an Irish heiress hanging out. <laughs> Or, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm an heiress. <laughs> and also, like, I, again, Jonathan, holy fuck, like, the Lord's work. Absolutely. The guy Truly. fucking crushed it. And yeah, he's been, he was, he's been, like, appearing What's on. What's the name of his podcast again? It was, it is. is it Queen of the Con? It's called Queen of the Con. Um, I listened to the Chelsea episode. Uh, it was fantastic. Good stuff. Um, pretty fun podcast, so... I think it's also... I was saying it's so fascinating because it's very rare that we have a first-hand account from a victim. No, yeah. Because, like, you have, for example... I don't know if you ever... If you listened to Serial, which... Serial, no. It's a little bit more um, controversial in some ways. But Serial was, I think, one of... It's one of those ones where 
it's someone documenting it as it's happening and is interviewing people firsthand. So there's that. But this one is from, it's the victim is putting the information out and collecting the information. And I think that's really unique. And again, the amount of time and effort that he has put into this is mind boggling to me. And I think there are probably so many people that he has probably saved a lot of people. 100%. Lord's work, my guy. Yeah, for real. Crushing it. Yeah. I think he was even trying to like get a full TV series out of it, but Good. I think he, I think he just kind of went for the podcast. I think, which yeah. at least then he he has control. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to bring anybody else into it. You can run it the way you do. And honestly, fucking excellent production quality. I was listening to it. Solid stuff. Better than this horse shit. Oh. shit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was solid. Um, very very much sort of a newscaster sort of sixty minutes vibe. Yeah, was that I got, which makes sense, you know, with like his uh, interesting background in like reality TV kind of style. That was what it was feeling like. It was very much like a Dr. Phil reality TV kind of interview style uh, situation he was going for NPR ish. Yeah, you know, so very um, cool game. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead and check that out if you want to listen to more details and uh, fun stuff that we will not cover within an uh, hour and a half podcast. Hi. Well, you know. Uh, Mare was often described as beautiful, but I don't think she was ever described as our next mainism. Hey, hey, it's a mainism. Or she was described as it, but in a different way. Not in the main slang way. Oh, mm, okay. So, in in uh, the because there's normal people would say. so normal people would say cunning. What mm, is cunning to you? Cunning, I would say, is sort of a sort of a devious nature, mm. kind of like a fox or maybe a weasel. You know, mm-hmm. in that regard, those are slippery little devils. Yeah, it's so. I didn't realize that. So, because growing up, people call you cunning. Yeah. Oh, she's so cunning. She's so cunning. It means cute. Every, yeah, round these parts. Round these yeah, parts. Man. I. It's been a little while since we've done a main slang thing. Yeah, yeah. So just, I was looking yeah. at a. I was just looking at a list of like main slang, and I was like, wait, is this not a thing else, elsewhere? Yeah. But yeah. So if someone's really cunning, she's very cunning. Oh, that's cunning, oh, yeah. And usually, usually it's to describe little babies. Yeah, yeah, Cute yeah. Cute little babies. Um, but yeah, because I remember like all the you know all the older folks in my family when I was growing up, they'd be like, you're so cunning. No. <laughs> I think of like my grandparents. I, you know, that was, it was just, I haven't heard it in a really long time. So I don't know if it's like falling out of vogue. Um, and, but in like out he, where I am here, but it's been a really long time since I heard it. But like it sort of like clicked on a light in my brain when I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, is this not? A thing elsewhere? <laughs> no, it's not. So uh, that's an interesting way to say cunning. I don't know how that could like manifest that. I really don't know yeah, either. Like in a normal term, it's like cunning is like an intelligence thing. So why cunning? Oh, just cunning. That's yeah. like that's a weird. That seems like a weird thing to say about a baby. Yeah, this but, is from also from the main mag. It says um, most frequently heard from old timers with an added pinch on the cheek. Ah, oh, aren't you cunning? <laughs> With an added pinch on the cheek. So this is like a grandparents. Oh, a yes. Main, a main grandparents kind of slang you throw out there. Yeah, it's... <laughs> but it's so... Again, it's so weird. It's one of those things where 
you don't realize that other people don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. And yeah. it's it's been an, it's been a little while since we've we've had that that happen on the pod because we've been doing a lot of like buildings or roadside attractions. So I'm kind of excited to maybe start doing some more language and slang. Yeah, let's open up the can of worms that is the main accents Sense. corner. So Yeah, because we've done like up to camp, ayat, which I think the first time Allegra heard you say ayat, she was like, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of him. <laughs> it's fun to say, you know? Ayat. Ayat. Yeah, it's a fun one to say. It's, it's really fun. It's when, when we go like back out to Buxton and we go to shops and stuff, Allegra breaks out the main accent a little more. Oh, yeah. She talks to her... Because uh, her brother-in-law has a pretty a thick, thick one. Because he's mid coast accent. So, uh, oh no! <laughs> yes, a thick accent. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's the only thing that's thick about him. <laughs> I need to leave. Me too. Uh, <laughs> well, <say> that. <laughs> thank you so much for coming along to this extra juicy episode of uh, Homegrown Horror. If actually, if you have any slang that you haven't heard us talk about and you're like, you know, this is really important to main culture. Like this is something that we say up in my neck of the woods. Yeah. Reach out to us at homegrownhorrorpod at gmail.com or you can reach out to us at homegrownhorrorpod at, on Instagram and we're trying to be a little bit more active there. So we're around if you want to shoot us a little message. Thank you. Yes. Sometimes we have Q&As on Spotify, so you can drop us a line and let us know what you think there. Yeah, we sometimes forget about them, um, but... They're mostly automatic. Yeah, we will get an email that says, hey, someone said something to you. Yes. And we'll respond to that. And also, you can always leave us a review or some stars on Apple Podcasts. But more importantly, we're just happy that you're here coming along for the ride. And we love you, homies. Love you, homies. Bye. Bye.